You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. This is Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Clarissa Alhantara, and I will be your host this morning. Joining me via phone is uh, Beth White, who's the director of our evangelization office. Good morning, Beth. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. How are you? I am doing fantastic. So for those of you maybe who listen in this 8, eight o'clock slot, uh, this is a juxtaposition of, of what it was a couple of weeks ago. Beth and I both host radio programs and are also, you know, so full of information that I thought uh, I wanted to invite her on because it's, it's been a while since we've talked about evangelization and com- kind of some of the initiatives and, and pieces that are, are really moving forward quickly in the archdiocese. So uh, before we get going, Beth, do you mind introducing who you are you know how long you've been in the archdiocese and and kind of what your work now encompasses sure so um beth white and i'm the director for evangelization and missionary discipleship i've been in my role for about five years and over that time our team has been built uh it started out with just me and a couple people and then ended up being now there's eight of us and so we have created a process where we walk, accompany, and coach uh, those parishes that are in uh, building the new reality to help them create a culture of evangelization ultimately. But we start by lifting up an evangelization lead and then a team to, to surround that lead, to support that person, whomever it is, and then they uh, um, they put in place a soft entry point, and then they begin working on other all the other aspects in the par- life of the parish. It, what I find incredible about the work that's kind of happened is like the office or your team has slowly grown as the needs of the archdiocese have grown kind of in the area of evangelization. Yeah, we're, we're working now. So after a parish goes through decisions and discernment, um, if there's no structural change, then we go in right away. If, if a pastor wants us to come in, if we're invited in, and then we start working with the pastor and his team to help start creating that culture. And then in those parishes that get unified, we give them some time and space in order for healing to happen and for the ministries to be unified and the parish to get to know each other and build community. So depending on the community, that could take six months to a year. So right now we're working with about, gosh, I think we're closing in on 50 parishes. And but by the end of the year, we will be actively working with 100 parishes. So um, it's it's fast and furious work. Uh, and as we get to a certain point in parishes, we're going to be able to start letting them go. Like we've gotten them to the point where they actually understand what they're doing and empower them to do, you know, their work. 
That's a lot. That, that's yeah. a, that, that sounds like a lot. To take it parish by parish, not get overwhelmed by the numbers. Yeah, no, I, I definitely appreciate that. I think one of the things that I wanted to talk about this morning was that I, I think um, recently there was a document that your team put together, and it talks about, you know, a parish or uh, a parish with a culture of evangelization. And I wanted uh, for you to explain to our, our listeners, you know, why you know, why is that important? You know, like, why is it that our listeners need to, to be concerned and even invested in their parish and think about, you know, evangelization as part of that? Sure. So um, evangelization sometimes is a scary word for folks. Um, I'm very grateful now, though, when I do presentations. When I started doing presentations about four and a half years ago, um, I would ask how many in the room feel that that's a Protestant r- word, and uh, usually the majority of hands went up. Now when I ask that, no hands go up, which is really exciting news for me, that there's a sense of evangelization is critical to what we do, because evangelization is sharing the good news. So it's it's sincerely, literally, that's the word, to share the good news. Um, to share the good news of who Jesus is in your life and how your life was transformed by Jesus, and for the purpose of helping other people recognize where God is active in their own lives. God is active in everyone's life, but we don't always recognize it. Um, a person might think that's a coincidence or something that just sort of happened, or isn't that weird? But we really, those of us with faith, recognize that that is the work of the Spirit. That is the work of God reaching for us, always reaching for us. So creating a culture of evangelization it helps people in a parish really come to recognize that their responsibility is to welcome and engage and help people come to encounter Jesus Christ and grow in relationship with him and his church. Bottom line, that's what we're called to do as disciples of Jesus Christ. Wow, grow with him and his church. That that mm-hmm. I can imagine when you started, and I do remember when you did start a number of years <laughs> ago, right? Because you know we've we definitely kept in close close contact through this process. But you know how how much resistance, you know how much tension, perhaps resistance might not be the right word, but how much tension there was of like adopting just a new way of thinking, as you know, a yep. new way of being church. Yep. So so many of us have. Uh, grown up in the church or have it's sort of a um, it's just a it's a non-brainer for us to you know a no-brainer for us to go to mass or whatever but when you start looking at the world around us the culture has changed so much Um, I remember I my daughter went to public high school and they were doing Jesus Christ Superstar which was really odd that they were doing that in a public school Uh, (laughs) and um, the two girls behind me were probably freshmen or sophomores at high school and they at the intermission before the intermission they were talking about how they had do you have any idea who Jesus is and the other girl was like no I don't I don't really know much about him and the other girl goes, yeah, I don't either. I mean, I went to Rome, so I should know something about him. Hmm. It was the oddest conversation. And, you know, people, I'll share this story, and I'm like, but I'm not going to turn around and start evangelizing because that isn't <laughs> appropriate. I don't have a relationship with those two girls, and I would just look like the weird woman in the row ahead of them. But then after the break, at the break, at the intermission, and they were really captivated by this whole Jesus story. And those of you who have watched Jesus Christ Superstar, you really can't really understand it unless you've read the Gospels. It's really hard because the, 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 the story is all based on the Gospels, and there's this assumption that you know the Gospels when you watch that play. And so um, it's, it was fascinating to hear their, their sort of opening heart to who is this Jesus. 
And and I think that was striking to me because we assume people know who Jesus is, but that's not true. They're in our co- culture today, more and more people have never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. And so when we got started, there was resistance because we all kind of talk to each other, right, mm-hmm. Clarissa? Yes, We're all yeah. friends with other Christians, other yeah. Catholics. We know each other. We've grown up together. But when we start, take a step back and really invite people to start thinking about maybe one or two people away from the people in their lives, they start to say, wow, you know, maybe your granddaughter or your or your sons, the people in their lives, they're actually atheists, or they stopped going to church years ago, or maybe people in your own family did, and they haven't really grown at all in that relationship. And I think now people, when they start to think about that, they they recognize it in their own lives. And they're much more open to this concept. It's still scary, but they're much more uh, open to the concept of evangelization. Well, let's go ahead and take a quick break, and then we'll come right back. are often the unsung heroes in a family. Right now, many mothers are also the disproportionate victims of the COVID-19 pandemic. They've experienced higher rates of infection and more job losses. They've had to navigate their children learning remotely while caring for older relatives and struggling to put food on the table. What better way to honor the mothers in our lives, those living and deceased, than with a contribution in your mother's name to Catholic Charities 2021 Mother's Day Appeal? Our mothers were the first to teach us about compassion and community. They were the first to show us what love and caring for someone else is all about. Help us, help us, help us, help us, help us, help us help local moms and moms and children who are struggling this year. Please, please give generously at catholiccharities.net. Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we begin adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. 
This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. And we're back. With Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese. My name is Clarissa Alcantara, and I'm on the phone or on the radio with uh, Beth White, who uh, is a director in our Office for Evangelization. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about, you know, how uh, people have really started to embrace evangelization, not only the word, but the concept in terms of how how it is and how we move uh, kind of in the uh, move throughout the world and what does it look like to you know evangelize those you know just beyond our reach and what does it mean to like reach out to some new neighbors you know I will tell you that the the parish that I um, joined I started attending around Mother's Day about 10 years ago and and part of the reason I've kind of stuck with it was that you know like I was a stranger when I walked in but they they made me feel like home and Mm. the story Mm -hmm. I love to tell and I'm sure I've probably shared this with you is so it's Mother's Day and I'm just like I just need to find a church I'm a young adult in Chicago I'd been in town for about six months and I you know run up run up the stairs and there's a greeter who's there and I could tell she's blind because she's carrying a cane and uh, you know and she's holding like her stack of worship aids and I come up and I'm breathless because I just run up like a flight of stairs and she's like it's so good to see you and I'm like what I, I've never, A, I've never seen you before in my life. Not only have I not been here, but just from the outward looks of like how you are and how you're presenting, you know, she's holding a cane, right? And I'm like, yeah. you can't. She's like, I know I can't. And then like, as we started talking, she's like, well, I know uh, I'm blind and so I can't actually see you and I can only see shadows. But I like to say that to everybody because it just makes you feel like she knows she can't see me, but she would just say that. And it's just like... That was like that was such a shift. And so, you know, like the more people I met and, and I kind of stayed with and whatever, you know, it just became that culture of like I sat down and the person next to me was like, hey, what's up? You know, I haven't seen you before and whatever. And wow, I was, you know, awesome. and so, yeah, I know uh, it's uh, you know, there are there are a lot of parishes in our archdiocese, you know, that that are like that. And there are uh, some, I imagine, that are, you know, that are on their way there. But that really, you know, when when you int- when you introduce yourself to someone who's clearly a stranger as if you know them or have that that great intent to want to get to know them that like as a as the stranger it's like whoa my guard is down you know like you Mm -hmm. actually want to be in a relationship with me and I think that's um that's that's a really beautiful shift that I that I know that I've seen in my own parish of just like how you know when you talked about at the beginning of the show you know just that that sense of welcome and that sense of inclusivity and that you know mm-hmm. all all are truly welcome in this space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
And I wish I could say that all of our parishes were that way, Clarissa. I think that's a beautiful story. And I would say that a lot of our parishes think that they're very welcoming and we'll hear them tell us that. But when they start to really reflect, they're more welcoming to, in many ways, to the people that they already know, and they will embrace and welcome people that they recognize. And the beauty of that story is the woman couldn't see anyone, so everyone was equal, right? Yes, um, yes. So, yeah. so you can have this sense that it's a very welcoming community, but if they don't recognize you and welcome you, then you feel like an outsider, right? And so that, that is the goal is for people to have that disposition. That's a beautiful example. Well, I, I will tell you that uh, she like it, uh, she was a her name was Patty, the, the woman who greeted and she's since passed on. But like she I tell when I when she was still around, mm. I would tell her all the time. I was like, you are one of the main reasons. Like not only Aww. did I decide to stay, but like I knew it was that place because I also thought to myself, if there's a woman who is a greeter, right? And so just in the physicality of a greeter, like you're expected to welcome people, right? Maybe you're holding worship aids, you're probably in an upright position. And the whole point of, you know, when you greet people, you see them, you welcome them, you use your, your body perhaps or your voice or whatever. But what I love about, you know, when I saw her, her own witnesses, you know, kind of her own discipleship, she's like, they, they didn't stop her. Like the, you know, organizers leaders you know they didn't they, she's mm-hmm. like I want to greet and they're like great this is where mm-hmm. and so someone would she would take a bus or someone would pick her up and they'd position her you know and they mm-hmm. put the cane like in her hand and put the worship aids in her hand and mm-hmm. she stood there so like it also took the community had to move in a way that like if that's who we wanted to support like yeah like let's let's have her greet and so I thought man if there's a if she feels empowered by the spirit to be a greeter <laughs> like this is I want to be here right because that's yeah. that's the spirit that's the charism evangelization that I think yeah. I mean, everyone is just ca- whatever Help little engage with their gifts that's yeah part of evangelization yes yeah yeah um so I, I like so this is kind of the the port the the part in the show you know where we kind of share a personal story and I don't share a lot but I just I love sharing that story of you know mm. when we talk about welcome and witness inclusivity but you know for from your own experience you know is there a, a brief personal story that you have that um, kind of um, illustrates you know how you've you know where you've encountered Christ in this or your own like maybe evangelization story. Yeah, I think the story that um, is on my heart today a lot, even just you saying that, is that, um, I mean, I have my own stories of, like, walking into spaces and feeling that welcome, but there there was, I used to be a pastoral associate in Evansville, Indiana, and there was this young man, this gentleman, he was not a young man, he was um, probably in his 40s, he approached me after a confirmation session, prep session, and he said he wanted to be his uh, his nephew's confirmation sponsor, um, but he wasn't confirmed. And so I gently said, well, then you can't be his confirmation sponsor because you haven't been confirmed. And he just looked at me and go, but I said, you don't listen. Your, your nephew's going to be playing in the majors, right? And you don't want a little league coach. And so you haven't been confirmed and you'd be a little league coach. But what I invite you to do, I invite you, we're starting a six-week series on the basics of Catholicism. Would you want to join us and just discern whether or not you would like to be confirmed yourself? So he took me up on the offer, and he came, 
He was very faithful. Fast forward, he decided to join the RCIA group down there. We put them in the RCIA group. Um, and he ultimately ended up being confirmed. And, and, oh, you know, I was so like, oh, wow, look, this guy came to the church and it was me and all this. So fast forward, oh, I don't know, like 10 years or so, five, 10 years. And my daughter and I went to visit him went to visit the, the church, and he's a sacristan and really involved. His name's Todd, and Todd came out and gave me a big hug and said hello and everything, and he stood there, and he, he looked at my daughter, and he goes, you're the reason why mm. I came back to church, and I was like, what? <laughs> and he said, when you were, you're, you're hanging around with your mom, she's probably five years old, six years old at the time, seven maybe, um, and Megan felt very comfortable in the church, like it was her second home. And he said, you were so at home. You were respectful, but she knew her way around. She felt so comfortable. And he said, I wanted that feeling. I wanted to feel like the church was my home. And I saw that it was your home, Megan. And I figured if it could be a little kid's home, it could be my home too. And that has always blown me away because that's the purpose of hospitality. Exactly what you described is letting people know this is their second home, that, that no matter where they go, they found another home. Wherever they travel from, you came from California, you can land somewhere in a Catholic church and you can have a sense of belonging, and then it's your home. And I think that's part of what drives me for evangelization. Awesome. Well, let's take a quick break and we're going to come <laughs> right back. Okay. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced A Call to Prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A Call to Prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. Hello. I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. 
We have lived with the pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands, and watching your distance. Thank you, and God bless you all. We're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. My name is Clarissa Hunter, and we've been talking with Beth White, and we're talking about uh, evangelization. And the story we had right before the break uh, really set us up. I love the, the two things that I wrote down were belonging and sense of home. Uh, for, you know, in terms of what uh, Todd, the gentleman you were speaking about, you know, was really looking for. And, you know, in, re- in the retelling of the story and as you're thinking about, you know, that experience for him, you know, is there, is there a passage from Scripture that you think, you know, helps really illustrate, you know, that, that image that, that you described? Oh, wow. Um <laughs> You don't have to quote scripture and verse, you know, phrase. No, I, I, no, I think it's, I, you know, it's the, uh, I, I'm not going to be able to quote it exactly, but where Jesus says, you know, come follow me, um, uh, you know, bring your burdens to me. Um, do not be weary for my uh, burden is light, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm totally butchering it right now. Forgive me. But that sense of, it's just really struck me recently. I was reading that scripture and, and I've often heard it as um, my burden is light. You know, I'm humble of heart. And my my burden is light, that whole concept. And I heard it really differently. And recently I heard it um, um, in a uniquely, a uniquely different way of Jesus doesn't heap things on us. He doesn't ask us to be perfect. He doesn't ask us. His, his heart is humble. He doesn't, he's not asking for perfection in any of us. He's asking us just to walk with him and to let him take on some of the burdens. And this gentleman had issues with alcohol. He lived across the street and never came to Mass in years. He had never been to Mass in years. And this whole transformation that happened to him, I watched it, and it was this unburdening and this sense of, wait a minute, you mean all this sinfulness that I've been a part of, that none of that matters? course it doesn't matter to God as long as you ask for forgiveness he meets you where you are right and I recently was watching that the show um the chosen right Mm -hmm. in second season and I was really struck by there was a scene between two of the disciples and uh the 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 Matthew person was saying um you know oh they 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 really give me a hard time for who who I used to be what I used to do being a tax collector and Philip says with Jesus, it's simply who you are, not, and, and it's not about what you were, what you did, it's who you are, and it's I am, I am this today, right? And it, that is just a beautiful way of, like, Todd's story was he was a fa- completely fallen away Catholic, hadn't been in years, had no desire, 
But I look back, and out of my instinct, I invited him. I didn't just say no. I invited him into something more. And something within him was evoked to curiosity. Maybe it was because his nephew was going through confirmation or whatever. But I invited him, and I walked with him. And I would have conversations with him and and he was having this mountaintop moment and I said be careful you're going to go to the valley hang on to this moment you know that sort of thing and and really walked with him and he felt loved up by the whole community and had a sense of belonging so much so like I said he's a sacristan and does everything in the church now (laughs) yeah I I think it's also really beautiful that you know when you invited him into that encounter it wasn't like you know sign up for this program no. You know, let's get your email address and your phone number, and I'll just, you know, I'll see you on Sunday. I'll see, I'll see you if you come back kind of thing. And I think there's the, there's also the, you know, through the invitation that Jesus gives us, it's like we also know that there's also that accompaniment, you know, through the, as you were describing, you know, the mountaintop moment and, and even through the valley. Yeah. Well, we often say in my work, we, we say, um, and when Father Malin is here, he said it, but we're, it's it's a phrase that you say, what do you want for someone, not from someone? So what do you want for that person? It isn't, I don't want them to necessarily sign. It isn't about getting numbers in my program. It isn't about making sure I have a sacristan, not making sure I have, you know, ooh, do I have any lectors, getting people to sign up for roles that I need to fill. Mm-hmm. But rather, what do I want for them? I want for them to encounter Jesus Christ. I want for them to grow in relationship with God through their gifts, through their talents. As you described, the woman at the front door that the community wanted for her to give witness the way she wanted to give witness, and they made that happen. And you responded to that. You said, whoa, this is a community that wants something for people, not just from people. Think about that. Like in the depth, you may not have like articulated that. But you know the difference when people want something for you versus from you. And so that's a key part of evangelization and saying it's not about I want to fill my pews. It's about I want you to encounter Jesus Christ and the saving grace that he brings into all of our lives. And that sense of you know what your life was like before Jesus and you know what it's like after and you want that after for the people in your life. And that's what should drive us, not numbers or or to build up like in that kind of model, but really how do we in relationship want something for someone, the love of God for them. So that's, I guess that's a real driver for me is all of that. Well, you always happen to end at really good break points. And so <laughs> we're going to take <laughs> another be, break. And we do the radio too. <laughs> <laughs>
Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. Catholic Charities Schreiber Center for Human Services is now open in Round Lake. Due to the pandemic, we are limited in the number of in-person programs that we currently can provide. However, a food pantry is open twice a week and a Wednesday night supper is held with to-go meals every week. A wide range of senior services are now offered as well. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call us at 847-546-5733. That's 847-546-5733. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Lifelong Journey. Uh, this is Clarissa Hunter. I'm on the phone with Beth White. And we were talking about uh, what I wrote down this time was, you know, <laughs> for not from, you know, what do you want for that person instead of from that person? And, and what, mm-hmm. you know, in approaching, you know, approaching it that way, that's so powerful. That's so, mm-hmm. that's, I, I've heard it. I mean, I've definitely heard it, you know, in conversations with you and when Father Mallon was here a couple of years ago, but just to even hear it again and just to sit with it and just the profoundness of like, yeah, that's right. That's what Jesus, that, that is certainly what Christ wants. He, what does he want for me? Not like, right. what he doesn't, like not you know. from you, but for yeah. you. Exactly. Yeah. Fullness of life. Yeah. He wants for you to know yourself and have the fullness of life exactly what he's calling for, uh, for all of us right yes he that's that is the that is the key piece and i think you know so often i i think i i definitely fall into this as someone who does a couple of the ministries at my parish uh in terms of it's always asking you know it's always like mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to tr- yeah oh yeah yeah or yeah. like trying to fill holes or you know yeah. like we need these these people or how many people and and just taking that step back um what are so, like you know I, the question I like to ask because this is a lifelong faith formation you know based show in, in terms mm-hmm. of learning sure. in catechesis you know but when we talk about the real world application for some of this you know are when you talk about you know some of the evangelization pieces and kind of moving forward you know are we looking are the documents that you're grounding this in you know is it scripture church teaching Mm-hmm. Um, yes and yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes and yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Describe. Yeah. Tell us more. Sure. 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 Well, 
you know, Jesus tells us to go for, um, go there, uh, go there for, and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and I'll often ask people why, why does Jesus say go make disciples? Is he just trying to, you know, build up his network or his like the number of likes on um, Facebook or whatever? Right? No, it's because it's about building the kingdom of God, and so it's about he came to proclaim the kingdom, right? And this whole sense that. We, it's lost on us sometimes, but the sense of um, taking care of the poor, um, being kind, being inclusive, loving your neighbor, loving your enemy, all of these kinds of things that we sort of take for granted were revolutionary concepts, and that is a part of building the kingdom of God. And so we're called to do that, and the way that we do that is by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with folks, with letting them know that this world isn't the end. So this isn't everything, but we are called as Catholics, in particular Catholic Christians, we are called to help build the kingdom here and now. That's why we're so committed to social justice and so committed to transforming the world in which we live, because we really believe that we have to have a foretaste of heaven here for people to understand what they're being invited into, right? So that's mm-hmm. a foundational piece for evangelization and scripture. And it's all over scripture. And then the second part I believe is you. <laughs> um, all over, all over. We could just talk about that forever. The woman at the well, you know, mm-hmm. the Paul stories, all that. And then our foundational documents are um, the um, the uh, I, I'm, the joy of the gospel, which mm-hmm. is the most recent one. And then the first, uh, the evangelization in the modern day. Mm-hmm. And that is or in the modern world. And that was from Paul the Sixth. And it was exactly ten years after the closing of Vatican II. And during Vatican II, they didn't really tackle evangelization in on an, in and of itself. So they called a synod of bishops about nine years later because they said we didn't really tackle this. What does it mean to evangelize? Because up until that point, for everyone listening who may or may not be Catholic um, evangelization for Catholicism was really mission work, going to places and evangelizing whole groups of people. There was not the individual call to do what we're asking people to do now, the way the early church evangelized. It wasn't that it wasn't there. It just wasn't very explicit. And so in the Paul the Sixth letter, which is a beautiful letter, which many of our um, brothers and sisters, Protestant brothers and sisters, use all the time, it really describes the way in which we're, we're supposed to evangelize in modern times. And from that document, John Paul II built on that for the new evangelization, in which then Benedict XVI built on that and talked about evangelization, and then Pope John, and then Pope John Paul II. I'm sorry, excuse me. And then Benedict, um, and uh, Pope Francis then built on that with the joy of the gospel. So the joy of the gospel is actually a continuum of that original document all the way through the four bishops, I mean, the four popes. Wow, I'm kind of out of it this morning. I'm so sorry. I haven't had enough coffee. Um, There's a lot of documents. So so. these documents, but we always will show this because this isn't some new thing, and it's not a Protestant thing. It is really rooted in our tradition. It's just something that um, it hasn't been as explicit in our tradition except for since, you know, 10 years out in the 1970s forward. That's and oh, then oh, go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was like, I, I was just going to say, you know, there there are so many documents that we kind of pick up and lift, um, and kind of put back down and then continue. But we're actually going to take a quick break and then we'll come right back.
Charities After Supper Visions program helps guests of our Tuesday Night Supper program develop their skills as photographers. Unique talent has been discovered as the artists capture Chicago's world-class landmarks and natural settings in new and beautiful ways. On Friday, June 4th at 5 p.m., After Supper Visions will host a free virtual 30-minute program to celebrate all of the artists' achievements. Hear from the artists and see the striking photos that rival those of any art gallery in Chicago. Join us, in us, in us, in us, in us, to us, to us, to us, to us, to us, to call P, call P, call 312-655-7932. That's 312-655-7932. Or visit AfterSupperVisions.com. At After Supper Visions, we're developing film, talent, and hope. The word made clear is exactly what its name implies. It's an easy-to-understand explanation of the Word of God, the Gospel. Hello, I'm Father James McElhone, Director of Biblical Formation for the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'd like to invite you to take our free online Bible study program by going to thewordmadeclear.org. Our website offers an audio-based guide to the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. Listen to my lectures and follow along with the handouts provided. There are even discussion guides. You can also explore the biblical roots of the Mass. And there are links to a wide variety of biblical sources that will benefit both teachers and students of the sacred scriptures. Just go to wordmadeclear.org to experience our free online Bible study program. Again, it's free at wordmadeclear.org. It's the Word of God. Enjoy. And we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. And we were talking about, uh, <laughs> I cut you off when, when, right as we were talking about documents. I think part, part of it is, uh, I know some, there, there are so many, but there's, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> when we look at the joy of the gospel, as you were saying, you know, that is the continuation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was there another thought that you had around that or... Oh, no, no. It's just that um, so many of the um, people question that where it's rooted in, and so it's definitely rooted in these documents that deal specifically and explicitly with evangelization, but you will see evangelization in um, all the documents about catechesis, um, because we really recognize that evangelization is um, a critical uh, piece of all that we do. In fact, I believe it says um, something like, um, and catechesis is a moment within evangelization. So it's a constant reaffirming the good news and growing in that relationship with Jesus Christ. And catechesis is critical to that because it's about getting to know in your head who Jesus is, as well as in your heart who Jesus is. And this whole process of who did I encounter? What was that? And so you grow in that relationship of connecting your head and your heart together through this overall process. And you find this you know, it's it's intertwined in so many documents of the church, um, in and uh, in ways that you can't really separate it out. I guess is the best way to say it. 
Well, it's also like this balance, right? And I know that's a mm-hmm. conversation that's happened between our offices, you know, for lifelong faith formation as well as evangelization of like, mm-hmm. you know, is it possible to do both? If you do one mm-hmm. instead of the other, are you are you giving balance to that? And I know that mm-hmm. both in our documents, but also in the way that, you know, both of our our offices really have been able to work is like, okay, it's always like, you know, it's just this balancing act. Well, what we've realized is that um, lots of times people haven't actually, we don't, as Catholics as a whole, American Catholics, we don't really talk about our faith very much. We have a very private um, aspect to our faith. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, we don't really have these opportunities to talk about where God is in our life, so people don't see that necessarily as God acting in their lives, even Catholics. And so what happens is, is when you learn things and you haven't encountered Jesus and you don't know who he is, meaning an encounter is having that moment, that experience, that whatever it is that happens in your heart, when you know that Jesus Christ lives and he lives in your life, that he's not just this thing, person that you read about in history, but he is God and who is active in your life and that the Holy Spirit is guiding you. And when you have that moment then everything changes, and we, I get the great privilege of hearing those stories mm. over and over again, because then all the pieces of the puzzle start locking in, like click, 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 click. Mm-hmm. But if you learn without having been evangelized, you're learning about an abstract, you're not learning about the person. So it's, it's, you, it's like when you know your child, right? I don't know your child, but you could tell me all kinds of facts about your child, and I could presume that I, you know, I know his name, I know AJ, I know, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't, I don't know him, know him, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's such a difference with Jesus. I know his, I can learn all about who his mom is, and who his dad is, and about where he was born, and all those stories, and that he loves me, and all this stuff. But if I haven't actually encountered him and know him then all of that is just abstract. And so evangelization is critical to catechesis because it has, that is when a person recognizes that God is real and loves them unconditionally as they are and wants to be in a relationship with them, then getting to know Him changes everything, right? Yes. And that's where we say the moment of discipleship happens is when a person says, oh my gosh, I want this, I want more, and I'm committed to following you. And that... Up until then, you can be a seeker, and you can be curious, and all those kinds of things. But And you can be a full-on Catholic, been in the pews for 40 years, and still be a seeker. Like, it's when you make that decision that this Jesus is real, and I want to follow him. That's when you're a disciple. And then that commitment to continue to grow, and then want that for other people, that's the person that we say is a missionary disciple, the person that really, truly loves the people of God and wants that for other people. So they're both intertwined. This, they're, the reason we separate it out, though, is because too many people, Clarissa, think that everything is evangelization, and mm-hmm. if everything is evangelization, then nothing mm-hmm. is evangelization. You have to have an explicitness to it. Eventually, we'd hope to put our office out of business because it's just integrated into everything everybody does. <laughs> that would be awesome, right? Exactly. I mean, if, if you know, <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the end of, you know, as you were saying at the top of the hour, you know, uh, is it walking with 100 parishes by the end of the year? 
Um, and then I don't know how many the year after that, but then it's, you know, if everyone's kind of on, on that, on that track and on fire, then it's like, all right, like everyone's doing it. Everyone's Jesus yep. for others and accompanying. And that's mm-hmm. also really awesome though, because it's also a thinking about, I mean, the end goal being like, well, what do we want for the people in the archdiocese? You know, what do we mm-hmm. want for our fellow Christians, those in the pews? It's like, well, no, we want this encounter. We want them to be, to have that sense of spirit. Mm-hmm. And to know that they're loved unconditionally and that they belong and they belong to us and they belong to Jesus Christ. And when, you know, that we were listening to scripture um, on Sunday, right, about the vine and Mm -hmm. branches Mm -hmm. and the fact that we can't do anything without Jesus, right? And that, you know, you know, I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever remains in me and I and him will bear much fruit because without me, you can do nothing. And when we realize that and we ground ourselves in that and that if it, in the reverse of that, if I am grounded in Jesus Christ and I abide in him and he abides in me, then I can do anything, right? Mm-hmm. That's the point is that um, if we can get our parishes, to really, so many times people mean very well, and it's not a critique, but it's just a lens change of when you start saying, okay, is that small group actually helping a person grow in their relationship with Jesus? Is that Bible study actually welcoming people, the new people, inviting new people in, encouraging them on their journey, challenging them to grow deeper? That we can look at every single ministry we have should be helping a person either encounter Jesus, grow in relationship with Him, or grow in relationship with His community. There's really, if we look at all of our ministries, that's how we should be looking at them. All right. Well, we've got our last break. We're going to take it, and then we'll come right back. Adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, 
has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months, and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands, and watching your distance. Thank you, and God bless you all. We're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. This is Clarissa Alhantara, and I'm uh, wrapping up our hour-long conversation with Beth White. And we've been talking so much about evangelization, uh, opportunities for understanding and like getting to know Christ, you know, having those you know, really wonderful uh, conversations. And so now people have been hanging on to your every last word, perhaps. <laughs> and so what's the, so what's the next step? So let's say you're not in one of the hundred parishes that, you know, where your office is actively working, you know, where can people go, a website, anything? What do you have? What, what can you share for us for people who want to know more? Yeah, sure. So uh, we do have an office which website, evangelizechicago.org, uh, evangelizechicago.org, and that will drive you over to the Archdiocesan um, section uh, of our website. Uh, and on there, you you can read a lot of uh, how the language, we have um, words mean things, so we have, obviously, so we have the terminology on there, we have a lot of resources. And we've done, before COVID, we had done a series of workshops on the basics of evangelization and welcoming and hospitality and things like that. And we have a lot of those resources up there that are freely available to anyone uh, that would like to just take a look at those resources. We have some prayer um, experiences. I mean, I, I would just say that prayer is central to all of this. Um, really spending time praying for renewal and asking the Holy Spirit to guide your parish through this time. If you haven't entered the Renew My Church process yet, to really pray for that, it, that there's that there be an outcome that's guided by the Holy Spirit. If you're in somewhere who isn't part of the Archdiocese of Chicago, really pray for the renewal of your own community. And really, we often say to people, Renewal isn't a thing. The church isn't a thing. It's us. Mm -hmm. And so renewal happens really in our own hearts. And so I really invite you and our listeners to, you know, we, we talk a lot about prayer. So wherever you're at in your prayer journey in terms of your daily prayer life, really spending time with Jesus, and maybe you don't have a daily prayer life, well, I just invite you to maybe give 10 minutes a couple days a week just in silence or with a piece of scripture or the daily readings and just let God talk to you and then start building up to that. We do have resources online that you can take a look and see what's there. So that's really important. Um, you know, finding ways to, once you're able to go to mass, uh, to engage in the sacraments 
in a way that is fruitful for you. And just to, to nourish yourself with spiritual reading. Um, and I'm going to go back again to silence, just spending some time and your mind will wander, but letting God have space to talk to you and your own heart. And, and then breaking open scripture. There was a, a commercial here for um, the, the Bible studies, uh, the free Bible study resources in the Archdiocese. So uh, word made clear, there's all kinds of Bible resources out there. Really just get to know Jesus is, is key to your own renewal for evangelization. And then when and as you go through the Renew My Church process, you'll be ready because your heart will be ready because it really is about our own hearts and our own disposition. <laughs> that's yeah no that's so very true uh just so our listeners have it again do you mind uh sharing the the website um yeah evangelize chicago.org it's pretty easy evangelize chicago that's what we're trying to do evangelize chicago the chicago area but you know evangelize chicago.org and you'll find a lot there um and and also our contact information and i believe there you can sign up for our monthly newsletter as mm-hmm. well our monthly newsletter uh there's always a message from me and lots of resources. Like this month, I shared that document on the culture of evangelization. And over the course of the next several months, we're going to start unpacking each of those eight qualities of hospitality, listening, inviting, relationships, engagement, prayer, witness, and mission. And we'll have, we're going to hopefully steam out our, our uh, newsletters to have resources for on all of those topics that will be available then as well on our website. Awesome. We've got just about two minutes left. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with our listeners before we sign off for the morning? I guess the most important thing to recognize is that during the midst of COVID-19, we've had, but prior to that, we had incredible levels of loneliness, isolation, and um, anxiety and depression. And there's, it's, just, it's just grown immensely in this um, month is a mental health mm-hmm. awareness month and just really stressing the importance of this sense of belonging that people will start mm-hmm. coming to our churches. It's really imperative that we just meet people where they're at and welcome them and accompany them and give them this sense of hope and belonging because it really could be that they walked in that doors looking for a sign and we don't know what's in their heart and what's going on in their lives. And we need to meet people as if they're Jesus Christ every time we meet someone because we do not know what's going on behind their eyes and what's going on in their lives. And I just really encourage people, that especially during this re-entry anxiety that they're now talking about, that we be easy on each other and that we just really help people on this journey. And that's what we're called to do. Fantastic. Uh, well, thank you again, <laughs> Beth. Uh, this You're is welcome. As usual, as always, it's quite a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. We'll catch you next month. This has been Lifelong Journey and Clarissa Alhantara. Take care. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.